So again, this is, uh, this is Praying the Prayers of the Bible. And uh, I'm James Banks from uh, Peace Church in Durham. And man, we would, not, we would not be there if not for the power of God to answer prayer. We have seen him do such beautiful things. And uh, just finished up a uh, Prayers for Prodigals uh, talk uh, for the past couple of hours. So uh, that's why we were running a little late. We we're praying for prodigals. That's an important thing to do. Um, and I, you know, I, I just uh, thought that, that we'd come at praying the prayers of the Bible from a slightly different angle uh, on that note. Um, and, and I want to just start by saying this. Isn't it good, isn't it good that we don't have to have it all together when we pray? Isn't it good? Um, I'm going to start with, with this story. This friend of mine, Kevin, he was a member of our church who had just returned from combat duty in Iraq years ago. And while he was there, he sustained an injury to his uh, C5 and C6 vertebrae that, that required surgery. And I, I asked Kevin if, if uh, we could pray for him. Uh, as, as he uh, approached me about prayer one day, I said, you know, could we, uh, James 5.14 says, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and, and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And, and Kevin was all in for that. And we actually um, decided to pray for him the following Sunday when we had a church picnic uh, on our new property. We hadn't broken ground yet, and um, we, we were just celebrating the church's anniversary, uh, but we're just out there, and we didn't have a building yet. And toward the end of the day, we, we gathered around Kevin, and uh, I realized I didn't have any oil. So, you know, it'd take too long to go home and get it. So I, I, I went uh, to the caterer and, and asked if he had any, and um, no, he said, in this gentle North Carolina drawl, you know, but, but we do have a little grease left over from the barbecue. <laughs> you know, I, I hesitated, and, and the wheels turned inside my head, you know. I, is that okay? I mean... You know, it's, it's not even kosher, but, you know, it, it was all we had, so, so we collected the grease, we, we gathered around Kevin, we began to pray, and, and while I was standing there, you know, and the elders are praying, I'm having this private conversation with God, Lord, we are really messing this up. I mean, nowhere in scripture does it say, anoint the sick with hog fat. <laughs> Uh, it, it will really be a miracle if you answer this prayer. Uh, but we, we asked God to heal Kevin completely so that surgery wouldn't be necessary. And then we left for home. And three weeks later, I received an email from Kevin. and He was still on duty at the base nearby. And he wrote, I do not need surgery. The problem with my neck and with my C5 and C6 is gone. The doctors do not know what to make of it. Praise God. And in our worship service two Sundays later, uh, Kevin shared what had happened. He said, shortly after we prayed for him, his pain went away. Uh, he went in for a second set of x-rays in, in preparation for surgery. And the radiologist explained, uh, or examining the x-rays, found you know, the, the damage 
was no longer there. I mean, it, it, we, we had the proof right there. Kevin told his doctors, I feel better than new. The great physician healed me, sir. <laughs> grease or no grease, <laughs> God had done a miracle. And, and that hog fat prayer <laughs> showed me something I'll never forget. We, we don't have to have our act together. We don't have to have our words just right or, or, or feel even like anything is happening when we're praying. It, it's about so much more. Psalm 51 6 says that God desires truth in the innermost parts. Another way of saying that is that God just wants us to be real with Him. And that isn't easy for us to do, especially when it comes to church, right? I mean, we're always, you know, <laughs> putting our best foot forward. There, there are some things we would just as soon some folks don't know about. And, and while that's understandable, you know, if we're not careful, we can fall into sort of dealing with God that way. Some of the raw stuff, we don't go there. And we need to. Often it is in our trials where God is teaching us the deepest, most personal lessons about prayer. I, I love what William Cooper, uh, spelled C-O-W-P-E-R, uh, it's pronounced Cooper, but uh, uh, he was a British poet. He was a genius. He wrote a book of, uh, of hymns with, with John Newton. He was in John Newton's parish. Struggled with debilitating depression, and Newton kind of took him under his wing. And, and together, they wrote a book called Olney Hymns, O-L-N-E-Y. It is a brilliant, both of them were geniuses in, in their use of, of hymnody, uh, their, their use of the English language. This is what, what Cooper wrote. Trials make the promise sweet. Trials give new life to prayer. Trials bring me to His feet. Lay me low and keep me there. And oh, that's a good place to be. If you were in the, the, last, uh, the last time, uh, last talk, you'll know my son is a former heroin addict. And um, he was addicted for seven years. He was in and out of rehab 11 times. We walked down a very, very difficult road. Um, today he is a youth pastor in the same city where he once abused and sold heroin. Only God. You, if you follow our Daily Bread online, you may have seen part of his story already. Uh, but, but because it's often in the crisis moments of our lives that, that God teaches us the vital importance of prayer, um, our, our son would tell you he would not be alive today if, if not for prayer. And, and that's where, as we're talking about praying the prayers of the Bible, just bear with me on this. We're going to come at it from that angle. Uh, do I have a volunteer to get the light back there, right there in the corner? Uh, you just got a book. 
<laughs> which would you like, uh, praying the prayers of the Bible for your everyday needs or praying the prayers of the Bible for kids? Okay. <laughs> yes. This is part of our son's story. Glee, one of the things that my son says um, in that video is that Jesus never put obstacles in front of himself. Jesus never put obstacles in front of himself. And, and one of the things I, I think will be helpful today as we look at praying the prayers of the Bible uh, is, is to look at some of the prayers that aren't what we might expect. Okay? Uh, we're we're going to look at, at some of the, the raw prayers of Scripture. I know you might have thought, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to get to commune with the angels now. Well, hold on. First, we got to get down and dirty. So, <laughs> uh, I will not let you go unless you bless me. You, you got to take a closer look at that. You know, it's clear. Who's he talking to? God, right? I mean, what, what does he say afterwards? Is Genesis 32, 30. He says, I've seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. Think about that for a moment. You know, little puny Jacob is telling God, I won't let you go. I won't let you go unless you bless me. And you know what's even more amazing? God blessed him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's an incredible thing. Here's another amazing prayer in, in Exodus 4.13. Oh, Lord, yeah. <laughs> please send someone else to do it. <laughs> How many pastors can relate to that prayer? <laughs> That's from Moses. One of the greatest leaders in history. God told him to lead him out of Egypt. Now, now full disclosure, God wasn't happy with that request. <laughs> but he still worked with Moses in it, right? He gave him his brother Aaron to help him. Here's another. I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. By the way, that's one of those hymns that we so often mistreat in church. Please, when you put it in the bulletin, make sure that you include the full part of the title. Take my life and let it be consecrated. Thank you. <laughs> Otherwise, it's sort of an oxymoron. Take my life and let it be. Uh, um, Who's this? We've got help for the video. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, yeah, we've got a split screen coming up on the video. Uh, it's just showing one part of it. So if you... <laughs> it's showing, in other words, the, uh, the left side of the screen has the video. Thank you. So, again, think, think about who's praying that prayer? Elijah, right? And when is he praying it? I mean, after he's had this incredible showdown with the prophets of Baal. And, and God is, is just, I mean, just completely, completely wins the day. But now he's afraid that Jezebel's going to kill him. She's hunting him down. 
He's, he's fled into the wilderness. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> We're going to stop for a moment on those prayers, but just think for a moment about some of the prayers that you've prayed. And the reason why this is important as we look at the prayers of the Bible is that we need to understand that the prayers of the Bible are from people like you and me. People who go through situations and say things sometimes that are pretty raw. Sometimes we look at scripture in, in a vacuum and, and you know we, we tend to remove it somewhat from life, but that's the beautiful thing about it, right? Think about the disciples, how honest Scripture is about their faults and, and their misgivings, you know? I especially love the, the Father's prayer who, who says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, right? And, and Jesus, Jesus meets him in that place. What do you think, Doc? Can you? Where's the video? Where's the video? The video is actually in embedded in the uh, oh um, <laughs> well I, I explained to the other group I have ADD um, do you know how many kids with ADD it takes to change a light bulb some of you do know you want to ride bikes right that was the yeah okay I think we are good the video is right there does that mean? Yeah. Thank you. Well, he lays hands on it. Let's pray. Lord, we ask. Um, we ask your help. We ask your help. And by the way, we're going to, uh, uh, after this talk, uh, we'll take a little break and then we'll go uh, deeper into some more prayers of the Bible. Uh, and then we're going to finish up with a time of prayer together as well. Because... Uh, you know, our, our, our conviction should be we shouldn't just talk about prayer, right? So, uh, a little about our son. Uh, today, I, I mentioned uh, uh, he's a youth pastor at, at Port City Church in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, he did not, well, here's the interesting thing, little stinker. Um, Oh, there we go. Praise the Lord. Yeah. We'll go ahead and uh, could you hit the lights back there, please? That's whenever I realized that, like. Good. What's this go? Like, I didn't need to make some changes, or I'm, you know, essentially going to die or end up in prison. After you know getting arrested for the first time with a little bit of weed, um, my habit really started to grow, and. Um, I was really curious about like every kind of drug there was, so I was just doing whatever I could get my hands on. And, um, financially, you know, obviously I didn't have a job, um, and I was a teenager, so I wasn't making you know, <laughs> income in. So I was doing whatever I could to make money, um, and that really started selling pills um, because everybody around me did them. Um, so it was just kind of again one of those natural progression things. It was never like I'm going to be a drug dealer. It was just well, this guy needs some, this guy needs some, heck, make some extra money and get some for me for free. So that's really where I started. Eventually, um, there are several occasions where I got in pretty big trouble with that. Um, I think the first bad one was um, I got caught with ecstasy at school, got some in Durham, and was, um, I was selling them to people at school, and I guess someone 
told on me, um, essentially, and they came and dragged me out of the classroom and searched me and, um, you know, took me to jail that day. But then once I got to college, it became, it wasn't just weed anymore. And um, that was whenever, I think that was whenever I solely became focused on just opiates. Like, I wasn't worried about weed or ecstasy or any of these other drugs. I just wanted to do painkillers. So I would, you know, I got mixed up with these guys selling heroin. And, um, and same deal, I, I eventually, I draw on this line of saying, I'm never going to do this. And, you know, you get desensitized to it, just being around it all the time. And um, seeing this person do it and that person do it, and they seem all right. Like, they don't seem like their lives are falling apart. So, you know, why not? Um, so, I actually, I guess I remember, like, the first time I really did it was, um, I couldn't get my hands on any pills, so I was really sick, um, just from withdrawal symptoms. And, um, and this girl that I was dating at the time was like, why don't you just, you know, do some heroin? So, um, so that's where I ended up going, you know, and, and the second I did that, I was like, you know, turning back. So I had this huge stash that people in front of me and that I'd been selling for. And, um, and once I tried it, it was like, forget selling it, you know, I'm going to use it. And, um, and, you know, again, the same thing happened, like just end up owing all these people money. And that was where really, I guess it took me was to this, like life constantly in danger, not just because of the drug use, but because of the people I was around too. I got in a relationship with this girl. Um, she was a great girl. Um, she, uh, you know, she was fairly wealthy. Um, I was kind of going down this path of like going back to heroin essentially. Um, and I, oh, after, I think I had gone back to rehab one more time between that and gotten back out. And it was like this over and over again thing. And um, anyways, one of the times I'd gotten back out, I was, um, I was back on heroin. and. Um, and I woke up one morning and I was sick as a dog. And I used to literally, it was almost every morning I would take her car, because um, I didn't have a car at the time. I didn't have my license at the time either. So I'd wake up earlier than she did, and I'd take her car and I'd take her wallet. Um, you know, and I'd steal money from her, I'd withdraw from her bank account, send her pin, and she wouldn't notice, or at least not until later. And um, and one morning I was doing this, I literally did it almost every morning. One morning I was doing it, um, and I, it, I guess it was particularly strong stuff that day. And, um, I was so sick that I, I pulled off on the side of the road to do it there because my dealer and I wanted to do it at their house. So I was in the car and I pulled off on the side of the road to do it there. And um, and uh, and whenever I did, um, you know, I, I shot up and I pulled off with the needle still in my arm, and um, and I passed out of the wheel and um, and hit a power pole. Um, and I don't really remember much of it. I just remember. Um, like sliding, because it was raining that day. I remember sliding sideways and like seeing this pole coming at me. After the cops got there, they found me, you know, with a needle in my arm, spoon on the seat. I guess I was pretty hurt from the, from the car wreck, so they took me to the hospital. That was the last straw for me. I guess after getting out um, of the hospital and then going straight back to jail, um, you know, I realized I had lost pretty much everything. Like, I, you know, I had a pretty good relationship and I had ruined that. Um, I was on the verge of getting, you know, kicked out of my apartment because my parents weren't helping me out anymore. Um, I'd wrecked this girl's car and stolen thousands of dollars from her. Um, and, you know, I guess just like that situation made me really take inventory of my life and like um, realize that it was not at all what I wanted it to be. I knew that I wanted to stop doing drugs. I knew that I didn't want to ruin my life anymore and I didn't want to die or go to jail or prison or whatever. Um, 
but I didn't want to be like this, you know, Christian either. <laughs> like, I felt like, um, I felt like there's just a ton of rules and like, um, that, you know, I, I didn't have a concept of a relationship with God. It was just all about rules and like behaving yourself and I could never see myself doing that. Um, so, you know, I knew that I needed help, but I didn't want to get in there. And for me, it took a lot of like questioning and being like, man, I really don't believe in this. And like, really like, you know, this guy came back to life seriously, you know, or, and that makes a difference for here and now. Or you want me to believe in this book that's, you know, thousands of years old or whatever and, and apply it to my life now, like, yeah, right. Um, so I think going through questioning that stuff and really like being in the place where I could question it and people being okay with my question. I read that first Isaiah 43 too. And um, that, I think, that was really the first time that God spoke to me because it was like that verse is when you walk through the fires, I'm with you. Whenever you go through the waters, they won't overwhelm you. And basically, whenever I read that, I realized, like, man, that was the first time I heard God speak to me, not, like, audibly, but, like, realizing, like, dude, I'm with you in all this stuff, you know, like, in your addictions, in your crap, in jail, in rehab, like, no matter where you're at, I'm alongside you. Um, you know, even though it sucks, it doesn't mean I'm not there. We put all these obstacles, whether it's, like, specific beliefs or whatever, um, and that... You know, I think that does a lot of damage to what we can really do because Jesus never put obstacles in front of himself, right? Not for his disciples, not for the children, nothing. It was like, dude, come to me and follow me, and that's it. You know, you can figure the rest out later. For me, it was never this, like, wake up and, you know, love Jesus in a totally different kind of thing, but it was like a long journey of questioning and, and, um, and wrestling. And, um, and God honored it, you know, was the biggest thing about it is that God honored that question and God honored that wrestling. And, um, and you know, I think my faith is stronger because of it and our relationship is stronger because of it. You know, when my son found that verse was when he was detoxing. And uh, he, he was sick. Um, it just suddenly it leapt out at him from the pages of Scripture. And again, the reason why I'm going there as we're talking about praying the prayers of the Bible is that we are talking about so much more than literature here, right? The Word of God is living and active. The Spirit speaks through the Word of God unlike any other place. So we've looked at, at some of these prayers already. I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. Um, here's another. Here's, here's another. And when we're talking about just being real with God, like Jeff was, you know, demonstrating, um, someone in the Bible even gave God and I told you so. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. <laughs> Jeremiah complained, Lord, you misled me. And I allowed myself to be misled. Job anguished. I cry out to you, O God, but you don't even answer. I stand before you, but you don't even look. And look at this prayer from David in Psalm 13. It's one of 
of, of many of the first, the first part, you see this actually in, in a number of places in Scripture. How long, O Lord, right? But then David adds, will you forget me forever? Now, the, the reason I, I, I think these prayers are important is that we have to ask ourselves, why did God allow prayers like this to be included in his word? And the answer is, because we can pray this way. That is the nature of prayer. Prayer is relationship. It's raw. It's spontaneous. It's down to earth. All of these uh, prayers are what you would call wrestling prayers. And I've got a whole chapter on them in my book, Praying the Prayers of the Bible. And they are, are extremely important because they show us that God loves us so much that we can come to Him when we are at our worst and He can use those times to build our faith and to bring things out of those moments that we never anticipated. You know, sometimes when my kids were little, I'd, I'd arm wrestle with them, you know, and, and sometimes I'd let them win, right? Uh, just to make them stronger. And, and God does that with us. you, you, you got to love what Richard Sibbs, the Puritan, wrote. What a comfort this is in our conflicts with our unruly hearts, that it shall not always be thus. Let us strive a little while, and we shall be happy forever. Satan will object. You are a great sinner. We may answer. Christ is a strong Savior. That's what Hebrews 4, 4 16, 14, 16 tells us. Since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come, how? boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. It also tells us this. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his children. Now we call him Abba, Father. What beautiful words. We'll look into more of, of what they mean uh, after we take the break. But, but before we do this, just think about this. What kind of a father would say, you have to have your words just right before you can talk to me? Our father is so good that when we have no words, His Spirit intercedes for us. And the same Spirit speaks through His Word to give us life as we pray. So, let's go ahead um, and, and
take a, a, a brief break. I know we've been kind of disjointed, but I, before we do, is there any pushback, any question, any, anything that you want to talk about as we're addressing this kind of raw subject of praying Scripture's prayers? Any, any area where we need further clarification? Anything? Okay. Okay. Let's pray. Oh, we have. Lots of these are, you know, the short sentence prayers, and I know we talk about prayers that we just kind of throw up there. Do you consider these that type, or what would be the difference in prayers that you Okay. A lot of these that we saw were short sentence prayers. There are so many. I mean, and it, it really, you know, the, the interesting thing about reading um, uh, Scripture is that, you know, reading the prayers of, of, of Scripture is that as you, as you try to find them, it's really a treasure hunt. You know, some are specific to the situation, and when writing prayers of the Bible, uh, I tried to, to really be faithful to the integrity of the text and, and what was going on because, for example, sometimes you see uh, some prayers from Scripture misappropriated. I hate to say it, but an example of that was the prayer of Jabez. You know, I mean, that was a situation where, I mean, God is merciful, you know, and of course he wants us to come to him, and he does want us to ask him to bless us, but, you know, there was a whole lot of eisegesis there, reading in things that, that were not there in, in the text. It's important that we maintain theological integrity when we're looking at the prayers of the Word of God, you know, but... Um, <clears throat> It's, it's also amazing. Again, God is merciful. And uh, sometimes, you know, we can be praying in, in an entirely wrong way and uh, still find, uh, and this is one of the things we found with my son, you know, was that what God did was so much more, so much more than, than what we expected him to do. So one of the hard things about recording scriptures prayers is where do they start and where do they end and and basically in uh, praying the prayers of the Bible what we did was we looked at prayers of praise uh, there are more prayers of praise interestingly than anything else in scripture and that should tell us something about the way we pray you know what the second greatest number of, of prayers is in, in scripture take a guess second greatest number what? Confession. Confession? No, no. Good, good. What? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving? No. I mean, it's interesting. Cries for help. Cries for help and deliverance. There's a, it's actually really close between that and, and prayers of praise. And it's, <laughs> prayers of thanksgiving are interesting because you can kind of uh, combine, you know, some of the prayers of praise and, and prayers for thanksgiving. And... Um, uh, but uh, again, there, there are just so many. Um, any other? By the way, one other thing I, I want to mention while on the subject of short prayers. Um, 
This is a book that just came out last year, Praying the Prayers of the Bible for Kids. And uh, I worked on it with Cindy Kenny. She was one of the editors. Uh, she's a, a VeggieTales author. And uh, we had uh, a lot of fun with this one. Uh, the goal for this book is, you know how we often teach kids to pray? You know, now I lay me down to sleep, or uh, we might teach them the Lord's Prayer. But what we really want to do is pray with them, right? And we really want to go deeper than, well, God bless. <laughs> I mean, that's wonderful. But, you know, the vision for this book was to get parents and grandparents uh, praying with their kids, uh, going over, uh, you know, the, the stuff of life, uh, the cries from the heart. Um, so here's, here's a simple example. Uh, you've looked deep into my heart and you know all about me. That's from Psalm 139.1. You know me, God, so very well. All the secrets I could tell you see me when I'm good and bad, happy, sneaky, scared, or sad. There's nothing about me you don't know, know it all, yet love me so. You are my friend the whole day through. I'm glad to have a friend like you. Um, here's... Another um, from Psalm 92, verse 1. It is wonderful to be grateful and to sing your praises, Lord Most High. So you pray that first. Uh, then the verse below that explains it. Sometimes I say things I should not. I fight with friends more than I ought. But you forgive me when I'm wrong and teach me how to get along. And when I am a grumpy Gus or pitch a fit and raise a fuss, it's better when I think of you and thank you, Lord, for all you do. And, and beneath that, there are things that help you pray further with the child. So you're actually teaching them about how to pray in a biblical way. And that's the groundwork that we've been laying here, is that, again, Scripture's prayers show us how to pray. First to praise God, then to cry for help. Of course, the ultimate lesson is the Lord's Prayer, right? But we'll talk more about that in the next session. Before we do, let's pray. Lord, we praise you for your word. We praise you for your truth. We praise you for your spirit. And we ask that you help us. Lord, bless this time as we look into your word so that we can apply it and come to you in a fresh way. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Please take a break, stretch your legs, and uh, we'll come back in 10 minutes. The author. Um, oh, that one? Uh, I'm the author of that one. That's one of my books, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry about no, that. That's okay. No. Uh, Cindy Kenny was the oh, one of the editors. Oh, that's what I heard. Okay. But um, we've got them over there, actually, at the, at the table as well. Yeah. Hey, Tony. Tony. Yeah. How do you pronounce your last name? Sauter. Yeah. Great to meet yeah, you. Great Thanks to meet for you. coming, man. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. How did how did things go with your group? Good, good, good. real good engagement. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, you always want to have. Yeah, yeah. good folks in there, and that's encouraging and yeah. good response. I think a lot of good questions. Awesome, I love what you're doing, Thank man. You. Thank yeah, you. I, I like that. I didn't realize you came out with a children's book. That's, yeah, that's as a matter of fact, I want to give you, given your work with 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 uh, youth mm-hmm. and. Uh, their families. I want to give you a copy of my book, Prayers for Prodigals. Do you? Do you have it? I already have that one. Yeah. Okay. I've got that one and the one that's praying for children. Prayers for your children you've yeah. got. Okay, and you've I got those. Prayers for the Bible. The only okay. Okay. Um, the, well, you've got it now. <laughs> I wanted to give you a couple copies of the Please do. If, that, if you'd be able to. I'd love it. I'd yeah, love it. Yeah. Because we need to connect. Yeah. Um, you know, my son Jeff is a youth pastor. Yeah, I just heard. I, I, I slipped in when his story started. Okay, yeah. Where is he? He's at Port City Church in Wilmington. Oh. Uh, yeah. I know that church. He's my their sister s- goes there. He's their senior high youth guy. Okay. Yeah, and uh, again, he was a heroin addict. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, How long ago was that? That was... I mean, not the, not the testimony, but his... Um, six years ago, six years plus, yeah. Wow. So God is so good. I mean, what we've seen, what the Lord has done. Mm. Oh, man. But we also, I'd love to t- talk with you some more about um, some of the things that we do strategically with our kids at yeah. church. Yeah. Um, we've got a kids' prayer ministry. Uh, where we have um, adults who uh, volunteer, you know, to take a child and pray a certain amount of time. We actually do a background check on them beforehand because we're doing this for elementary school age kids, you know. And then we switch it up. Because um, they're doing that like during service? Uh, no, it's actually like for, a, you know, for 90 days okay, they'll gotcha. do it. And um, uh, that's one of the things that yeah. we do. We're We've just started. We're a you know a small church, um, so we've just started a uh, a children's um, you know children's ministry that you know is is emphasizing prayer a lot. We but are, um, my, my wife's from Goldsboro. Okay. So we're going to be going over there probably the first week of July. Mm-hmm. And um, and so not too far from. Where you guys are. Okay. But I know. Um, how long are you going to be here this week? Uh, going to be here really most of the week. Okay. So, um, you know, probably uh, best time connect would just be like between sessions or something. Yeah. When do you. Uh, so, I've got some meetings in Colorado Springs tomorrow. Okay. So, I won't be here tomorrow. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think Thursday probably. I I've got to check with my wife about that, but and even, and even if we can, we can always just yeah, talk and, yeah. But we we need to. I'd love to. I'd uh, love to see your books and yeah. Awesome. 
So this is the first one that I wrote that yeah. was designed to help adults pray for students middle school through college. Wonderful. We have structure that is around seven central categories that come from Luke 2.32. Mm -hmm. You may have looked at that online or whatever, but uh, praying for wisdom and favor. Yeah. For this, and then um, the other five essentials come from the first and I, I love the, <coughs> one of the things that I, I loved about your work was how strategic you are in, in the way you organize it. That's that's clearly a gift. I have no administrational gifts and so um, you know it well I mean honestly this is just so good. Um, you know, it's that's really good. For adults, thank you. Students invite three adults from three different generations to be in their champions. Each year they get new ones because we're trying to build this network of adults that are praying for and engaging. That's exactly right. That I mean, that's the thing. If you can teach the next generation to pray, so you've got the students and then the adults. The adults pray for students now. This adults pray for children, fifth grade and below. Okay. And then this is designed to help students pray for themselves and their peers. Gosh, that is so, so good. And all oh, man. The seven essentials, but it kind of... Wow. Wow, and Doug Fields did the forward. Oh, yeah. this is awesome. That's very gracious. Oh, wow. This is so good. God bless you, brother. Let me check and oh, see if man. I a brochure just to give you kind of a, a framework yeah. of, of the Pray For Me campaign. Um, yeah, please do, because, I mean, that is just, again, the way you've organized it structurally. My wife has... All the administration well, gifts. And so. I love that, like the year, well, all of your books, but they, they, I just I just recently got the one praying for children. Okay. And it's so scripture saturated. I love it. That's and I want to make I want to give you, um, yeah. You don't give one of the children's books to you? Put them all out. No, they all sold, I guess. Boy, they all went. Um, um, I'm trying to... Do you have a copy of... Uh, let, let me give you one of the praying prayers of the Bible for your everyday needs as well. Um, I do. Let's see. I'll go ahead and, and take that one with you as well. Okay, thank you. I'm just going to... Uh, th that was basically the inspiration for, for this. Do you remember the old Living Bible, The Way? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it had... That's my first Bible when I after came. Remember? Okay, it was green, said The Way, and then you open it up, yeah. and it had scripture verses for, like, when you're afraid, right. or when you're... Well, that's the concept behind okay. this book. Okay, very good. So, uh, that was... Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I, I really. Um, well, I'm glad that we're able to connect. Yeah. Because you know, reading your stuff and using your stuff. Well, I'm I'm glad you're in the you're in the EPC as well, right? Actually, no. Okay. But, uh, okay. But, uh, our ministry serves across obviously across the Oh wow! Yeah. Lots of friends in the EPC. I'm actually in the PCA. Okay. No, that's all right. That's all good. That's 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 better than coming from the dark side. You know, that's that's right. That's uh, that's I almost went into the PCA as well. Um, but you know, I, good, good, good. So, yeah. Well, let me give you, see if I can have a couple of brochures just to kind of of the Pray For Me campaign. Please. That's where those are kind of supported. Yeah, love it, love it.
We're going to come back in just a couple minutes more. Oh, you are. you said Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, Carrie, I have some ones in my wallet. I have my, my middle boy's going to so he's uh, 20 years in the military, just got his college degree. Oh, wow. Wow. And I had to wait until I was 40. Well, so you got anything new in the works? Yes. My son and I are, um, are working on a... Uh, uh, a book due J July 15th. It's a split screen of his story. And um, he was, uh, I mean, man, I'll tell you, it was rough. It was rough. But, you know, when but, somebody writes a book on prayer for problems, mm -hmm. you know there's a story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and our daughter's still a prodigal. We're still praying for her. But um, he's what God has done. And I'm anxious for him to see your work as well, because I think that would be a really good thing. That his son is the lead youth pastor at Port City Community Church. Yeah, he's the senior high youth guy there. Yeah. Rhonda. I'm James. Nice to meet you. And my wife Carrie is, is right over there. So, love, love your husband's ministry. It is, well, your ministry as well. It's, you know, I mean, you know, it's just vital, vital. And we, I mean, this is, as Presbyterians especially, our, I mean, we have got to call the church back to prayer. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, we tend to be a heady organization. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and our heart needs to be exactly. in there. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have any brochures, but here's my card. Thank you. And you already have some of that information already. Awesome. Okay. All right. Tony, we'll we will. All right. Thank you for coming by. Okay. Yeah. All right. You ready to get going? Looks like I kind of cleared the room out before, didn't I? Um, as, as we're coming back, I, I wanted to mention, um, wanted to show you a couple of slides. Uh, this is my, my website. Uh, there are some resources there to help you pray. Um, and um, uh, you'll find uh, a prayer resources page. You'll also find, uh, oh, I want to mention this resource as well. Uh, these are free, these booklets, uh, Let's Pray, and that's basically uh, abridged out of Praying the Prayers of the Bible. You can get them uh, through Discovery House publishers or through Our Daily Bread for, for a simple donation. And this one uh, also came out uh, very recently, uh, The Power of Prayer and Sharing the Gospel. There are a lot of scripture-based prayers uh, that you can use in terms of reaching out you know, to share Jesus with others. Um, so those, again, are available uh, really for free. You can just ask them. You don't have to give it a donation, uh, but through our daily bread. 
And, and the reason why I, I mentioned this is there's power in the Word of God. There's, there's power in praying the prayers of the Bible, which is where we're going to go now. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer released uh, an interesting book in 1940. Um, oh. <coughs> well, there it is. <laughs> That's what threw me off before was that one slide. But Das Gebetbuch der Bibel, this is the prayer book of the Bible. Um, after he published this book, the Third Reich prohibited him from ever publishing again. And again, this is just a book on the Psalms. Uh, even the Third Reich understood that praying the Bible's prayers is a powerful thing. When we pray the Bible's prayers, we're doing so much more than just saying words. We're learning how to pray from the example of Jesus and David and Mary and Moses and Peter and Paul and so many others who have so much to teach us. Praying the prayers of the Bible helps us, again, get real with God and, and pray from the heart. It, it helps us praise God more. That's one of the reasons why uh, reading the Psalms is, is so important. Because you, again and again you see these prayers of praise that, is coming out, that are coming out of some of the most difficult places. Praying the prayers of God's Word helps us to learn how to simply be in His presence. It, it, it changes our focus. It helps us dwell more on God's purposes and His kingdom. You know, think about what is the first request of the Lord's Prayer. First is, really, may your name be holy, right? Hallowed be thy name. What's the second? Your kingdom come. Uh, any of you ever played the game Ding Dong Ditch as a kid? Uh, kids in our neighborhood play it sometimes, and because they go to our church, they think it's particularly funny. Uh, you know, it's uh, just playing it on the pastor. But uh, you ring the bell, you run, you hide, you watch as someone answers, finds no one there. Um, not a very nice thing to do, you might say, I think it's cute, but uh, D.A. Carson said uh, this about prayer. He's a Baptist theologian. He said that sometimes when we pray, we're like, quote, I love this, nasty little boys who ring front doorbells and run away before anyone answers. You know, we can be so rushed that we don't take the time to just be, to just be in God's presence. You know, it's, it's, you think about it, uh, God has good things for us. But so often we're, we're playing ding-dong ditch and sort of running off in, in another direction. <laughs> Prayer at its best is just keeping company with God. It's talking, but it's also listening. And beyond listening, it's just being just being in his presence. Jesus continually declared his dependence on God. I mean, who says that we need to pray with words, right? Think about it. 
I mean, can we not sometimes just lean into him? Do, do we have to be actively listening on point in that moment? No, and chances are if we aren't, we may even hear him better. Jesus continually declared his presence on God. He said, I can do nothing on my own. And Jesus came to restore a heartfelt relationship to the Father. Do you know how many references there are to, to God as Father in the Old Testament? Any idea? In the Old Testament. Fifteen. Fifteen. And most of those are broader and, and more, um, uh, more indirect in nature. They're national in nature. But when you get to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how many times do you think Jesus refers to God as Father directly? One hundred and sixty-five times. And one of the ways that he prayed is very childlike, very tender, right? Abba, Father. And again, this is so important for us to note because it shows us who Jesus is and what he came to do just by looking at how he prayed. Jesus prayed the Psalms. You can see this how much, how much this meant to him by the fact that, that he prayed this way in his final moments on the cross. You know, when Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's quoting Psalm 22. When he cries, Into your hands I commit my spirit, there it is again, Luke 31, 5. But Jesus, interestingly, again, that's one of those places. What does he do? He adds the word, Father. Robert Murray McChain, a, a Scottish pastor a, a couple centuries ago, encouraged his congregation to turn the Bible into prayer. And by the way, um, uh, there's, a, there's a great book on prayer by another EPC pastor, or a great book on Machain, uh, David Beatty. And if you just, just Google that, uh, and David also wrote another really good Discovery Series booklet for uh, Our Daily Bread uh, on um, scriptural meditation. And, you know, meditating on the Word of God. It's actually, it's a biblical concept. <laughs> Beatty, B-E-A-T-Y. He's pastor of River Oaks Church in uh, Clemens, North Carolina. And um, a great guy, really humble man of prayer. Uh, but again, turn the Bible into prayer. Turn the Bible into prayer. We, we pray like Jesus when we do that. That's why this is such an important topic for us to be about. Again, Hebrews 4.12 reminds us the Word of God is alive and powerful. And God helps us discover His presence in fresh ways as we pray Scripture's prayers. In my research for, for praying the prayers of the Bible, 
Uh, I, I found hundreds of prayers that, that just help us spend time. Uh, prayers of praise, prayers to say thanks, uh, prayers that increase faith, prayers to help us give ourselves to God, prayers for guidance, prayers for direction, prayers about daily needs, prayers of confession, cries for help, wrestling prayers, blessing prayers. It's amazing what's in there. Um, and I, I was just mentioning this, this book, uh, which was also new this past year, Praying the Prayers of the Bible. Does anyone remember the old uh, The Way Bibles? Do you remember the, the green, groovy books from the 70s, you know? And you opened it up, and in one place it had uh, some pictures that said, you know, when you feel sad, and it had where to go. Well, that's actually the concept behind this book. Uh, so the, the books are still, or the prayers are still organized. You know, prayers for praising, prayers for saying thank you. But, you know, when you're thankful to be alive, or prayers for drawing near, when you need an eternal perspective, uh, prayers for saying you're sorry, um, when God has disciplined you, or when you need to be assured of, of God's forgiveness. Uh, so that's how they're organized in, in that particular book and some of those are are usually a little shorter uh, than in the other uh, praying the prayers of the Bible book but but let's look at some of these prayers now and let's start with with prayers of praise because as we mentioned there are no there are more prayers of praise than, than any other kind and scripture tells us to delight ourselves in the Lord it tells us God is worthy of praise and we need to remind ourselves of this don't we I mean, I do. I look at areas of my spiritual life where, I mean, it is that area of praise where I, I, I need to grow so much. And we need to do this because it calls us out of our self-focus and, and, and brings us in, into that place of, of savoring who God is. It also takes our eyes off of our problems and reminds us of the one who is able to do something about them. And that has vital importance when we pray. So here are some of the praises from Scripture. Praise the Lord. Praise God our Savior. For each day He carries us in His arms. Don't you love that? Think about that imagery for a minute. Here's another from Psalm 18. I love you, O Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me. He is my place of safety. We need to tell God that we love Him, don't we? I mean, do we do that enough? Someone said once that the church doesn't speak her lies, she sings them. <laughs> and you think about some of the things that we say so blithely when we sing, but if we take the prayers of Scripture, we're on holy ground. They help us go deeper. Here's another. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you. 
I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. Do you notice the determination in David's words there? Has he arrived yet? No. But where is he going? That's the beautiful thing. I need that reminder, don't you? Now let's take a look at, at some prayers for, for confessing our sin, um, for humbling ourselves before God. Uh, Psalm 138.6 tells us that, that God cares for the humble. He, he keeps His distance from the proud. You know, Psalm 66.18 reminds us if if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. We, we need to take that scripture seriously as we come before Him. We have to come to Him humbly. And His Word shows us how. So here's one from Psalm 119. I love the, the New Living Translation for this particular one. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? That works for us, doesn't it? As, you know, <laughs> people who believe in, in the total depravity of humanity. Uh, Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. Notice that it is in this context that the words, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Here's another prayer from David after he had stumbled so terribly. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Make me willing to obey you. Isn't that a great prayer to memorize and take to heart if, if you struggle with impure thinking? Here, here's another very brief, powerful prayer that Jesus taught in a parable. We know this one. God have mercy on me, a sinner. But each of these prayers just show us what having a relationship, a, a heart-to-heart relationship with God looks like. Uh, now let's, uh, let's take a look at, at some blessing prayers. Uh, the, these are prayers that that we basically say for others. Although it's interesting, blessing prayers are basically three different categories. Some of the prayers in Scripture are for blessing God. And isn't that interesting that God somehow allows us to, to bless Him? I heard um, Alan Wright, another EPC pastor, uh, talk about the importance of, of blessing uh, for parents and their children. And, uh, you know, you think about the whole matter with Jacob and Esau and, and how, you know, when, when Esau came, um, you know, to his father and said, bless me too, my father. I mean, Isaac couldn't take... Hmm? Do you have another blessing for me, right? He couldn't take the words back. Isaac couldn't take the words back. He had already spoken them. Isn't that interesting? So, so Esau's given another blessing other than his brother Jacob. But it shows you again 
the power of prayer and specifically the power of blessing others. And I, I think we can look at that biblically, scripturally, without getting weird about it and say there's something going on there. We may not understand all of it, but we are to be people who bring the light and love of God, who speak good, who speak blessing, right? Bless and do not curse, James says. So, so there's, there's so much there. Um, this is a, a special prayer from Ephesians 3. Uh, I, I was going through a difficult time in my life, and, and another pastor, this was years ago when I was a pastor in the PCUSA, uh, and another pastor, Stanley Ott, uh, in, in Pittsburgh, uh, covenanted with me. He said, I'm going to pray this prayer. I, I want you to pray for, for me for 30 days with this prayer, and I'm going to pray it for you. And, and here it is. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Isn't that, some, isn't that great to pray that for someone? I mean, isn't that what, what Christ is doing in us? Taking more and more residence. I mean, he's, he's already made us into a new creation, but I mean, if you've read Robert Boyd Munger's book, My Heart, Christ's Home, he's walking into new places in our hearts, right? He's, he's walking into to new rooms, kind of turning on the light. <laughs> So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long. And can, can you imagine Paul as he's writing this? You know, he's praying it and he's writing it and he's inspired by the Spirit. God is literally lifting him as he's praying. And high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And then this, now, and every, you know, every parent of every prodigal should know these verses. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, I've got to tell you what happened to me during those 30 days that he was praying. I lost 40 pounds. I ended up in the hospital. Carrie can tell you it was kind of funny because I checked myself out and I wasn't supposed to. And Go back in. <laughs> Um, I, I picked up a, a waterborne microorganism, and, and, uh, but there I was in the hospital bed, and I'm praying that for, for Stanley Ott, and he's praying that for me. And there was a closeness to Jesus sitting there in a hospital bed, you know, wanting to be anywhere but there. And, and I looked at, at those times, and that's the beautiful thing 
about lingering before God, especially with His Word as we pray, is that He shows up in unexpected places. Um, and whenever He shows up, what's better than that? I mean, He's there, but then I get to see Him. Right? In, 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 in one sense, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, right? That, that's what's going on. Here's another beautiful prayer of, of encouragement and blessing, 2 Thessalonians. May our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father who loved us and by His grace gave us, look at these words, eternal encouragement and good hope. Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Don't you love that eternal encouragement? Here's a prayer for blessing God from Revelation 5.13. Blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. That'll help us worship one. And by the way, that's a picture of us. That's a picture of the church. As we spend a little more time on this topic of praying scriptures prayers, uh, we need to look at one other thing, and, and that is one of the most beautiful prayers of all. One of the most vital prayers of all. Um, have you ever said the Lord's Prayer on autopilot? No. I mean, th think about what we're actually saying. Especially that part where we get to forgive us our I know we say debts, but let's say sins, okay? Forgive us our sins. Just like we forgive those who sin against us. Right? What does that show you? It shows you when you look at the Lord's Prayer, you got to slam on your brakes hard. Because there you are before Almighty God. And do you really want to say, <laughs> you know, I want you to forgive me, Lord, in the same way that I forgive everyone else. But when you're looking at praying Scripture's prayers, um, I, I believe that when Jesus taught the disciples to, to pray the Lord's Prayer, um, that he was doing more than just teaching them words. I think that, that he was actually giving them a template for prayer. I mean, the words are absolutely vital because they are the template. 
But what we can do as we pray is, is break it down. He, he's showing us how to spend time in the Father's presence. You know, just think about, we'll just look at the first part. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Just stop right there. Dwell on that. You know, may your name be kept holy. Is your name holy in my heart? Lord, Lord, I need to praise you more. This, this tells me that. Help me to praise you. I'm just going to praise you. You know, it's sort of a stream of consciousness kind of thing, but break it down. If you're looking at, okay, I need to spend time in the Lord's presence, but I don't know how to do it. The Lord's Prayer, which we already have memorized, is a prayer that you can take with you right now as a template to just spend extended time. You wake up in the middle of the night, just work your way through the Lord's Prayer like that. By the way, I, I love what C.H. Spurgeon wrote about insomniacs. He said it may be that, um, that the, the language he used was invalids and insomniacs are God's night watchmen who keep the night safe with their prayers. Think about it. Really. You know, it, the, the prayers offered in the middle of the night that, that you have to bring before God? I mean, they're powerful. Often, that may be the very reason God woke you up. So a good place to be then is the Lord's prayer. You know, your name is holy, Lord. I want you to be holy in my life. Now here's another one. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now that, that's a way of saying, Lord, I want your way more than anything else. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's saying. Your way, not mine. How can I serve you today? And that's one of the hardest things for us, isn't it? I mean, because we all come locked and loaded with our own personal agendas and the things that we think that God should do. And, and so often we, we, you know, we rush into our day and it's like, oh. but, but this shows us, Lord, help me to want your kingdom. Help me to long for that. I mean, don't we get convicted sometimes when we're so focused on, on things that we want in this world and we, we read the words of Jesus and we say, man, I, I, I need to go there more. That needs to be my, my heart's desire because, you know, if, if, if we look back after following him, <laughs> By the way, you all, uh, when you're talking about praying the prayers of the Bible, you probably have heard this story, but I'm going to mention it to you. Um, I, I did a, an interesting thing. I was in the prayer room. Great, uh, they have the prayer room here off the side of the sanctuary, but there's also a really cool visual prayer walk here. And uh, it's in the prayer chapel, and I encourage you to go there. 
Um, but I, I was sitting uh, just, you know, I did, I opened up scripture and thought, I wonder if the Lord, Lord will lead me, you know, to a, to a prayer. And there, there wasn't one there. And then I opened it up again, and uh, I landed on uh, the people who were coming to Jesus, and he was saying, follow me. I was like, Lord, what are you telling me? <laughs> and, um, you know, you've, you've uh, heard about the guy, of course, who opened up scripture and, you know, wondered what he should do. And, you know, he comes across the verse, Judas went out and hung himself. And he thinks that can't be right, you know, so he, he closes his eyes, opens, you know, does the same thing, comes to another one. And uh, remember what it is he finds? Go thou and do likewise, right? Yeah. And, and then finally, he comes on the last one. You know, tries it again, that can't be right. What thou doest now, do quickly. <laughs> um, C.S. Lewis wrote in Mere Christianity, the very moment you wake up each morning, all your wishes... Your hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. The first job each morning consists simply in shoving them all back. In listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, letting that larger, stronger life come flowing in. Paul told Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed. Think about that. Spending time in God's Word is like mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. <laughs> Useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We, we want our praying to be grounded in the Word of God, led by the Spirit. Praying Scripture's prayers can, can give our own prayers wings as God breathes new life into us and, and draws us near. As we wrap up, uh, I'd like to address briefly one more area of, of vital importance. I, I touched on it in the prodigal's talk. But when it comes to prayer and the Bible, and uh, it's easy to put a nickel in me on this one, but uh, this, this, the priority given to praying together in Scripture cannot be overlooked. Scripture tells us that before the Spirit came at Pentecost, what happened? Let's read it together, shall we? They all join together constantly in prayer. You don't get to Acts 2 without going through Acts 1. This is so important for us as a church today. This is so important for us as we think about, about what leadership means in the church. Especially if you're a pastor, isn't it true that some of our best moments have been when we've come to that point where we say, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> 
And, and we come to that place of, Lord, where do we go? What do we do from here? This is the picture of the early church. It is that dependence. You read through the book of Acts and you see the number of times there was a problem and they prayed. And I, I believe that, that we have forgotten this collectively speaking of the church in the U.S. today. And it's interesting. You, you see it kind of ebb and flow in history. My, my doctoral work was in the area of, of uh, church history and revival and reform, but specifically the role of united prayer in revival and reform. And, and what's, what's fascinating is you see how when the Spirit of God moved in united prayer in a people and there was conviction about it, it was then that revival came. You know, every revival is different. The Spirit moves in, in different ways. But there are the, there's the same things that happen every time. You know, there's the conviction of sin. There's the priority of the Word of God. There's the vital importance of united prayer. And we need to re rediscover this as a church and, and, and imbue this into the next generation. I really believe that this is one of the reasons why, as a church, even though we have so much, right? I mean, we've got wonderful buildings and wonderful technology and, and so many things, but our influence upon the culture has been waning. And why is that? Could it be that it is because we are doing so much in our own strength? Instead of coming to that place of saying, Father, please, we don't know what to do. Help us. You know, isn't it possible that um, we're a little bit like Martha? I mean, think about it. We're getting upset about many things. Only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. What was Martha doing? Good things for Jesus. But, but she was so busy doing good things for Jesus that she missed the very point of being in His presence. So as we wrap up together, uh, we're going to pray together briefly. And I know, I know, sometimes if you say, I mean, you want to clear a room, say, we're going to have a prayer meeting. Uh, this is going to be uh, a time of worship-based prayer that I, I'd encourage you to use at your churches. And um, I, I just want to say a couple of things before we, uh, before we go into this time. Uh, worship-based prayer means that we're going to start by praising God. And we're actually going to start using music because it's a tool for that. Uh, and by the way, I should mention, prayer is so important. Um, in our particular church, we've seen God use worship-based prayer to bring our prayer meetings sometimes up to 50% or even more than our worship attendance. And one of the reasons why, you know how you don't start a prayer meeting? This may surprise you. 
Does anyone have any requests? Now that may seem counterintuitive, but the reason why you don't start a prayer meeting like that, um, have you ever found that you know, you, you're 20 minutes in, I mean, you feel like you need to empathize and you need to minister, especially if it's a, if it's a strident need, right? And, and all of the, the, the emphasis and focus goes into that. We had a, a professor of, of, uh, of psychiatry emeritus from, uh, from Duke uh, Medical School um, uh, early in our days who was in one of our prayer meetings when we had started that way. Does anyone have any requests? And we were going on and on talking about the requests. And finally, Bill Wilson spoke up and said, are we going to talk or are we going to pray? So what you encourage people to do is if they have a request, pray it. Just say it. Uh, again, looking at the nature of Scripture's prayers, we don't have to have our words just right. And, and again, you know, what kind of a father? Right? So we have this misconception that we have to construe things so perfectly. And that really isn't the Scripture's picture of prayer at all. Now the other thing that uh, we encourage uh, when, when we pray together is the ABCs of prayer. And I learned this from, from Daniel Henderson, a good Baptist brother, but the first is pray aloud. When we pray, when we're in a group, we tend to drop our, our heads and vocalize down, right? Pray loud enough for someone to hear you. Then, pray briefly. A prayer in order to be immortal need not be eternal. <laughs> and preachers are the worst for this. You know, we pray what you can call your mama prayers. Remember the prayers your mama prayed when you came home from college and there were some things you needed to know? <laughs> we can do that, right? But then we're not really praying. We're talking to people. And the third is pray in community. You're right. We're preaching sometimes when we're praying. In other words, pray in concord. When someone has a request and that pray with them in it, you know? They have a prodigal. They've lifted it up, their, their, their child's name up. Oh, just a simple yes, Lord, can mean so much for that person. Come, coming alongside of them and, and just uh, loving them with your prayers. Now, here's one other thing I'd mention, and, and a great thing about worship-based prayer. Now, when, when we have a prayer meeting at, at Peace Church, um, the, the way we've, we've arranged it, and it's strategically, it depends on the size of the church. You know, sometimes you'll have to, to break up into small groups, and there are a number of different ways to orchestrate it. But for us, the way it usually works is we start with a time of praise. And the reason why we have that time of praise is the things we've been talking about. Before we come to God with our requests, we need to be reminded of who He is. And so we have some prayer prompts that help us do that, and, and we're going to do that in a moment. But when you hear other people 
lifting up who God is and praising Him, it builds your own spirit. And then, after that, we go into a time normally of, of confession. Sometimes we'll start with confession first, just depending on our circumstances. But, you know, you think of the old model, adoration, confession. It's kind of like that. But then we humble ourselves before God. We're silent before Him. Music, everything stops. We're listening. And then, then we have, uh, after that time, usually there's, there's more music. And one of the great things, and some people might say, well, why do you have music? Well, it's kind of distracting. You know what's more distracting? That person who goes on and on and on and on when they pray. May I please read yeah. this? Just before he introduces uh, the Lord's Prayer. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases <laughs> as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. For their many, exactly, yeah. exactly. Great point. So do you know what they did during the Welsh revival when someone would pray too long? You know, I'm part Welsh. The, the Welsh love to sing. Someone would go on too long? They'd start to sing. <laughs> and, and we've warned people of that sometimes. You go on, we'll cut you off. <laughs> and, and after a while, that becomes part of the culture of the church. And, and, and people learn, and the more this positive behavior of praying together is built into the church, it's like riding a bike. And you start to realize, you know, this is, this is better than I thought it was. I'm not just falling off and skinning my knee. There's something really good here. So, um, let's go ahead, and by the way, the way we conclude it, after, we have that, after we've had the time of confession, we move into a time of intercession. And what we call that is loving others with your prayers. Loving others with you. Because intercession, what is that, right? I mean, it's, it sounds so theological and far removed, right? I'm going to intercede for you now. No, if you love someone, you pray for them. So, so loving others with your prayers. And then we end it on a note of praise and thanks. Um, C.H. Spurgeon made the point, and they had amazing prayer meetings at the Metropolitan Tabernacle in London. I mean, it's, it's famous for you know, the, the thousands of people who attended these prayer meetings. And <clears throat> one of the things that they did, um, they always ended on a note of faith. They always ended on a note of praise again. Why? Because you're looking forward to what God will do. That's important. So, um, <clears throat> as we wrap up, I thought, you know, we just briefly, I think we'll go ahead and, and uh, we're going to gather, let, let's gather this time in groups of uh, five or six. And you just move your chairs around, uh, just wherever you're, you're seated. But uh, before we do anything else, you know how they say sometimes that contemporary music is repetitive? Well, sometimes scripture is repetitive, right? 
right? Because when you love someone, I mean, if it's all about relationship, right? Don't you sometimes say, I love you, I love you, I love you. So let's stand and praise God together. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty Early in the morning Our song shall rise to Thee Holy, holy, holy Merciful and mighty God in three persons Blessed Trinity Holy, holy, holy Though the darkness hide thee Though the eye of sinful man thy glory may not see, only thou art holy, there is none beside thee, perfect in power, in love in purity. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, all thy works shall praise thy name in earth and sky and sea. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. So you know what we were doing with the exception of a few lines? We were praying Scripture's prayers. Let's gather together in groups of yeah, five or six, four or five, with as little conversation as possible, and go straight to prayer. And this is our prayer starter. Here's a, here's a sentence to finish, just this. Your holiness is beautiful to me because, or I love you and praise you because. Now, if you go too long and I hear you, I'm going to start to sing. You don't want that. <laughs> but let's go ahead. Let's turn our chairs together, groups of four or five. Now, let's take a moment, just a moment, where we are to kind of um, quiet ourselves before the Lord, to, to not say anything, just to listen. You might pray a prayer of confession. In your heart, you might simply wait before Him, with Him. Let's sit silently before Him now for just a moment.
Scripture speaks of silence in heaven. My Jesus, I love Thee, I know Thou art mine. For Thee all the follies of sin I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art Thou. If ever I love Thee, my Jesus, tis now. I love thee because thou hast first loved me and purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree. I love thee for wearing the thorns on thy brow. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. In mansions of glory and endless delight, I'll ever adore thee in heaven so bright. I'll sing with the glittering crown on my brow. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. Let's continue to just wait with him, to just be with him. Think of what he said to the disciples. Could you not be with me, watch and pray with me. Could you not tarry for one hour? While we were silent, maybe, um, maybe someone's name came to mind. And while we were spending time in the Lord's presence, and keep in mind we are in His presence, He has promised His presence uniquely when we pray together. He who loves us calls us to love others 
with our prayers. Maybe you could pray the name of the person who came to mind when you were silent. Um, let's take a moment just to intercede. There's that word. <laughs> to love others with our prayers. Father, we pray this for this General Assembly that we may draw near to you. How beautiful prayer must be to God that he keeps it before him in golden bowls. Think about that. That's what the Revelation says. Oh, he wants us to come to him. He knows how to give good gifts to his children. Isn't that what scripture says about him? That he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So as we conclude this time, let's just, um, we're going to sing, and as we sing, let's pray this thinking of God's faithfulness to answer prayer and what he will do. We'll conclude with this. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hands hath provided. Great is 
is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear Son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive riches and honor and glory and wisdom and praise. Oh, we praise you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all glory be unto you today, tomorrow, and forevermore. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Thank you all. Thank you. Go in peace.